How's it going everyone and welcome back to Overland Talk of the Delta. It is I, once again, Nathan Lewitt, and this is episode 5. And tonight we are with my brother Trevor Lewitt. Not Mitchell tonight, he's got plans to go to and Trevor's like, hey, why not have me? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so, how's you been doing, Trevor? I've been pretty good, you know, just trying to get the homework done before spring break. Sure thing, he's up here at school with me at A-State, so... All I had to do was walk over to his bedroom door and knock on it and say, come on, we're going. So, uh, for starters, a little bit of, I uh, would say flashback, but just backstory. Um, the first couple times that I went overlanding, you didn't go on those trips. No, I did not. And I guess the only real, real reason why I didn't go, because at the time, I just didn't seem interested. I wasn't very interested in it at the time. And... The more you and Mitchell went out there, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. And then I went out there for the first time, and I enjoyed myself a lot. I had a lot more fun than I thought I was going to have. And I think the first time that you went out there with us was the spring break of 2020? Yes, that was the just when COVID hit because I know we were out of school. And that's when Garrett came up. My, my yes. buddy Garrett came up with us. And, and that was the trip that we... It was the two-night stay, three days, and we made it all the way to Oklahoma and back in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you've been on a couple trips with you. Well, you've been on every trip since then, except for this past one because you were sick. Yes. Um, so, you've been on all the different types of trips that we go on out there, the ones that take many days where we go long distance or we stay in one area for a few days and just take all the off-road trails around that area and out of those two different like styles of overlanding that we partake in um which one is your favorite and why i i wouldn't really pick one over the other they're both fun and the reason i say that is because the first time i went out there that's what we did we went we just kept driving and driving and driving until we got to Oklahoma. And if we did find a trail that we thought was fun, we, we took it. But we kind of just basically stayed on one path and kept going. And that, that was fun because just the whole sightseeing and everything, just seeing all the cool things out there, the little creeks, the, just the different landscapes and stuff like that. I, that was cool, especially the first time going out there. But I also find it fun to just find a campsite and then look for the trails and just have fun out there just oh uh going over some of like the harder trails and everything just to make it more fun but i mean it, it doesn't really matter to me it's just kind of what i'm in the mood for and how many people we go out there because if there's a bunch of us going out there on the uh trail riding could be a little complicated because those some of those trails are small mm-hmm. and having a bunch of vehicles going on them can be a little hard sometimes especially when you get down one and you decide you need to you need to turn around turn around yeah and you have like four or five cars that need to turn around but when we're just going on a straight path and we're just on the main roads basically it's really not all that hard and we can just all pretty much stay together no nothing's gonna be that big of a problem and everything but it's basically just how many people have out there and just what people want to do and everything so in the the many times that you've been out there now you have well, okay so first off you have driven a couple times and you have ridden a couple times which do you prefer because i personally as being a overlander, I prefer the drive, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I also enjoy having someone else drive for me occasionally. So, because I'm the content creator side of me wants to be able to 
sit there and record stuff and like hang out the side of the jeep while we go down the trails <laughs> yeah, essentially you were doing that a couple um, times um but yeah well, which one do you would you prefer if we're going on like a trip to oklahoma mm-hmm. and we're just kind of just doing the whole sightseeing just thing, the cruising out there yeah i kind of just prefer to sit back and just look at everything and watch everything right because you, there's a lot of things you do miss when you're driving because you you know paying attention to what where you need to go and everything yeah that's occasionally why seth and i decide to like just randomly pull over occasionally so we can just mm-hmm. sit and look at this one site for a little bit exactly and but if it's a uh, we're just looking for trails to have fun and stuff like that um i prefer to drive because i like to take it's not really taking control of my own vehicle but it's i just find it more fun if i'm doing it than just sitting there having someone else have all the fun you know right um and I think the only vehicle you've driven out there has technically been the Cherokee. Yes. Um, but you've ridden in a bunch of other. You've ridden in the Cherokee. You've ridden in the Wrangler. You've ridden in the truck. Mm-hmm. And you've ridden in Garrett's Forerunner. Yes. As far as riding around, which one was the more fun to ride in? Uh, just being uh, comfortable and smooth, the Wrangler was a lot nicer. Mm-hmm. It was a cool experience riding in the truck, but it was big. And it beats the crap out of you. And it does beat the crap out of you. You hit a small bump, and it feels like you hit a crater. <laughs> and so, especially when you have Mitchell driving it, and uh, <laughs> he thinks every small bump is going to feel the same, but you get some of those small bumps, it kind of uh, makes a toll on you and everything. Takes you back real Yeah, and you get out of your car, like, man, why, why is my back hurting? Or, man, why, why am I sore here? And you start to realize, you're like, oh, yeah, that's probably because hitting all those bumps, so you don't really think about it. But, yeah, most definitely the Wrangler is a lot more comfortable, just much smoother of a ride and everything. But if I were to pick the two to ride in, it'd definitely be that one. Yeah. Um, Like I said, you've only really driven the Cherokee out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've driven the Wrangler plenty of times outside of off-roading conditions. But you seem to be a pretty big fan of the Cherokee. Oh, I love Cherokee. Small, like me. (laughs) <laughs> it feels like I just feel like I can get around things a lot easier in that thing. And, it, I mean, I've driven it a lot more than all the other vehicles been out there, so that's the vehicle I'm most comfortable with. Not saying that if I were to get another vehicle, I wouldn't do something I would do in the Cherokee. It's just if I got somewhere and I haven't done something yet, I'd feel a lot more comfortable doing it in the Cherokee because I know how that vehicle operates and how it feels and what it can and can't do and stuff like that. So if I were to get another vehicle, I'd be kind of be like, hey, can I get over that or not can I get over that if I, if I haven't been over it before. So, that first time you were out there with us, we stayed, the first night we stayed at a very low site, and it ended up raining on us, or storming on us pretty good that night, had a lot of water at the site. The second night, we stayed at a spot that I've stayed at many nights now, up really high, comparatively to where that was, has very, well, okay, I would say it, it very pretty. Wouldn't say it has much of a view because you can't really see out unless you hike up to the top. I must say, yeah, it's really not. It's a nice campsite. Yeah, it's just a nice, nice camp. And though I, I don't know if he's talked about the one where it's on the top of the mountain and you have the big view and everything. That one's just cool mm-hmm. because there's just so much you can see. But there's also something cool just being out in the woods, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere camping. And you get, I mean, you do get the same experience up there on the mountain, but just being where all you see is trees and everything, it's just, it's oh, calming almost. Yeah. Because it's just so quiet, like 
like talk about the best night sleeps don't have to worry about anything i'm like here at our apartments we get sirens road noise and all that stuff <laughs> people yelling at sports teams of, yeah above exactly and below us. so just going out there and just it's almost weird just to you know not, not have a campfire or anything just be out there just listening to everything and you, you realize how quick how quiet it can be out there and most people think that it's you know it's loud outside and everything but you get way out there where there's no one it's it's almost scary quiet <laughs> the loudest thing i've ever heard out there has been a c-130 coming in right above tree level mm-hmm. that and at that spot he's talking about that we stayed at that one oh um spring break a couple spring breaks before that my buddy mark and i stayed at that same spot and it was just him and i and it was like two o'clock in the morning we're just sitting there next to a smoldering fire talking and we just get kind of quiet for a second we're just listening and all of a sudden you just hear just all of a sudden just thunderous noise and we're like what on earth was that because at first we didn't see it but then like just as soon as the sound came through you feel the wind from the c-130 and like four or five c-130s just flew right over us in the middle of pitch dark they had no lights on mm-hmm. and they were the only reason we could tell what they were is because one earlier that day we had seen them weaving in and out of the the hills and mountains out there but when you looked up you could kind of see a silhouette of them off the night sky but that was I mean, you get some cool oh uh, shots of planes and whatnot if you ever go to like an air show or whatever but to have one fly that close to you, over top of you, out in the middle of the night with no warning because you're so high up that you don't even see them coming, is just that was crazy. It was it was funny because he came he comes back home that day, oh after that trip, and he's explaining to us you know his experience, and I'm just like, there's no way they're that low out there. There's <laughs> like there's. I'm like, you're exaggerating this. You're making it I mean, sound when the like last right one on, went, you could on legit. Top of, like, right on top of you and everything. But, legit, you could hear the, the pine trees creaking back and forth. <laughs> but, afterwards. Um, now, I, I, it's honestly, there feels like they're right above you. Because I want to say it was the second time we were out there. We could see into a valley. And you could see them dipping and they're, in. They're, and, and they they're would just, disappear. They're just in there, you know, just like weaving in and out of it and everything. And it's really cool to see them do that and everything. But. You never see a plane of that size flying at full speed, and you're above it. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a weird thing. Like we we were we were on top of it, like on top of a mountain or hill, and just looking down at them. I'm like, this is kind of weird. Usually you're looking up at them, but now you were looking down at them, seeing what they actually do and everything. And it was it was pretty cool. I loved yeah, it. You sometimes you're surprised by the kind of experiences you have out there. And not to say you can't get that closer to town or whatever, but you would never know it happened. Oh, yeah. Just sure. because, one, they can't fly that low. Second off, everything else going around, you're just not going to realize what's going on until it's way done and over with. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, <clears throat> um, though, in the times that you've been out there with us, you have, just like I have, you have pretty much been in every 
type of sleeping condition. Yeah, it does seem like every time I go out there, I sleep a different way. <laughs> the first time you were out there with this, you were in a uh, single person oh, uh, tent. Yep. The second time you go out there with us, you're in a uh, hammock and a sleeping bag. And the third time you go out there with us, you're in the back of a Jeep. And You got two of those back. So, but yeah, oh, I mean, we're, we're yeah. Going, you've been in all of them. <laughs> I mean, I've been in all three of those situations, yes. Um, with that, which one of those, which sleeping condition is your favorite and why? Well, besides the fact that the first time I went tent camping and we didn't realize a storm was coming and I got a little wet, I prefer tent camping. Only because it feels like that's the one, the only way I can like space everything out, have everything that's mine just in the tent. I know where it is and everything. You kind of get that with the car, just sleeping on the car. You know, everything's just in the car and everything. Mm -hmm. But I, per I just personally like the tent. I could, like I said, space out and everything. When I was in the back of the Cherokee, I had to deal with Mitchell stuff being in there as well. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't really comfortable. I think if I moved some stuff around and then had to deal with Mitchell stuff being in there as well, I could have got more comfortable there and might have been more. I was about saying, we also, now we're a little bit better with packing stuff and we... Yeah. are able to move that stuff around a little bit better now. Mm -hmm. But um, if we're moving campsite to campsite, like we like when we did the first time I went out there, just being able to sleep in the back of the car would be a lot nicer just because you don't have to set up a tent and tear it down instead of again and tear it down. Yeah, because of what like I that. do a lot of times, even when we head out, I go ahead and just lay the chair or the, the seats down, low, throw my sleeping bag and pillows back there, mm -hmm. and then pack around it. And so... Other than pulling stuff out, my bed's usually already made before we ever leave for camp. Yeah, but if if we're just going out there to hit trails and we're going to stay at one campsite, I would much prefer just being in a tent because that way I can just now, have everything. Do you prefer a tent with a couple people in there with you, or do you prefer the single person tent? Uh, I haven't had an experience with other people in a tent, so I really couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I probably just knowing me, I probably just like being by myself. Right. So you'd be the kind of guy to go out and get yourself a little single person too. Oh yeah. And yeah. what is funny is that the tent I stayed in wasn't even mine; it was Garrett's. <laughs> I can't. I think he's he, he, it, he was he was gonna sleep in that tent. But then he got and out there he, and decided I'm just gonna put it up in the car. Yeah, and then he decided. Well, I can't. But someone was sleeping in their in their well, car. Seth and I slept in the tent together. Yeah, that's right. Mitchell, Mitchell slept, slept in the, the Cherokee. Cherokee. And then you, or and we had enough stuff where you were like, because the Cherokee and the Forerunner were the only two vehicles that were covered. Mm -hmm. No, we had the Wrangler too. The Wrangler's out there. I just yeah. think Garrett, Garrett didn't want to put up. We had the, all the gear in the Wrangler. You and Mitchell didn't want to snuggle up together in the Cherokee. Mm -hmm. And Garrett decided, you know what, I'm just going to be in the Forerunner. And so he let you use the tent. Yeah. That was Which nice it was tent. an old tent. It had some spotty holes in it. But, uh. It was neat. I could totally see you getting another newer version of that. Oh, yeah. Especially if I do this. Yeah, I'm not real big into it like you are. It's just one of those things that if I have free time and it's something I want to go do, I'm going to go do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I won't go out there by myself. I, I'm, just not, <laughs> I'm not that interested in it. But going so out there I, I could definitely friends, go out there in that one spot that has really good sights. Mm -hmm. I could so just go out there by myself, have a little fire and a launcher and just sit there all day. Yeah, and like you, you want to go out there for like a whole week. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> the, the two nights and staying out there for uh, three days and two nights is about all I can take. But I mean, yeah. it's fun. It's just I'm not that interested in it. But I mean, I do have fun when I go out there. You're 
I'll put it this way. You seem interested enough to eventually have your own rig to do it regularly enough. Oh, yeah. To be able to do it, but you want to come back to the world a little bit sooner <laughs> than I do? Yeah. <laughs> if I could get paid to go out there and live out there, I, I would. <laughs> yeah, I think anybody would do that <laughs> if they could get paid to do it. I possibly. <laughs> um, well, and we kind of touched on this already, but, you know, we've you've been at a few different sites with us now. I think there's only been maybe one campsite that I've stayed at now that you haven't been to. But what's your favorite kind of style of a, like, what do you have in mind when you have, like, your dream campsite? Dream campsite? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you talked about this one yet, but the one that we saw going to Oklahoma. The one that had the really big field next the to it? The open field. The river the, running the, next? Yes. That would be amazing to stay at. That would be a fun one to go next to. I would love to stay at that one. That's like, that, that would be my dream one. Because it's just, it's, it's literally just open field. Just let, you know, the tall grass. I think there's like a little mountain out in the distance. Yeah, you like kind of see a mountain ranges out in the distance. Yeah. Because like, by the time you get there, you can start to see the true watch talls start, start up. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't remember. We we marked it on the map when we went out there, didn't we? And I we just haven't so, been yeah. back to it yet, right? Yeah, we haven't been that deep yet again. Yeah. How, because, how far away is that from So we, we are? That first campsite we started at, or we stayed at that, one trip the one that uh the the water was yeah the one that had the high water Mm -hmm. the next morning it was maybe 15 minutes from the uh the state line and we didn't realize it oh really it was like 15 or 30 minutes yeah we weren't that far away from oklahoma and we didn't realize it um i like we drove for an hour to get there (laughs) (laughs) well we drove we drove for about an hour in into oklahoma Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I want to say that campsite was very close to the border. So it was only like another 15 to 30 minutes down the trail. Interesting. Now, what's funny is that I believe if we were to go the correct route out there, I don't think we would ever see that campsite, but obviously we could just map it out to go that way and yeah. stay there if we really wanted to. Um, I would, I definitely want to go back out there, explore more around that route that we took. And then find also the more specific route to get to, I believe it's Tallahanny in um, Oklahoma. So what exactly did we mess up when we went out there? I believe we went a little too far north. Is that what it was? I think there was a fork and, or, because there was a couple times that when we got to like a main highway, separating the different districts, mm-hmm. where you, it wasn't actually just straight across the highway, like from the Winona district to the next district, it's literally straight across the road. And you get your own the next trail. And I, I don't know if it was, I think there's four districts all together. And I don't know if we ended up too far north getting to the second district. Or if we were too far north getting to a fourth district. But I want to say we just slightly missed. And ended up just north of where we needed to be for the, the trails to keep getting us to. And I think it was going into the fourth district. Because if you remember, we got gas got back on the road and then we went like 10 minutes up the road yes i remember that Mm -hmm. and we got like halfway down to the next trailhead that we were heading for when we realized that mitchell was driving without a driver's license because you can drive without driver's license out there as long as you're over like i think 12 or 13 
I think it was 14. 14, maybe, which he was, just obviously he didn't have a driver's license or even a, a um, permit yet. And right now he may have had his permit already. He had his permit. <clears throat> yeah. But he's up, we're out there driving on the road. We're all aired down, so we're like all over the place. I mean, we kept it in the lines, but we were bouncing off the lines. Um, but yeah, we get halfway down our radio into Seth and go, oh yeah, I just remembered Mitchell doesn't have a driver's license. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I think we ended up eventually pulling over and then. Yeah, we, pull, we ended up pulling over. Seth and I are like, ah, that ain't worth the the argument if we get pulled over for any reason. Mm-hmm. And so, because I mean, if you looked at us, it looked like we were all running with flat tires. Cause, I mean, <laughs> we are down to like two or three PSI. Yeah. But well, uh, we ended up pulling over and Trevor swapped over. Yeah. Um. One thing I, I kind of want to bring up, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but um, usually when we go out there, it's you and Seth, or you, Seth, and Mitchell, or you and Mitchell that have radios in the car. Yes. And they always know what's going on. And I wouldn't really say it's frustrating, but I don't have <laughs> This is one. definitely something that's going to become probably a full-on like, show later. Uh-huh. Because... Well, I think the argument for the shows later is probably going to kind of be like CB versus handheld. But I would love to have a two-way radio in every vehicle. Yes. Because it, it, I want to say, like I said, it's not really frustrating. It's just kind of like, you know, when they stop and you're like, okay, what's going on? And they, they're just sitting there talking back and forth on the oh, uh, radios. And then they take off again. You're like, okay, I would kind of like to know what's going on. <laughs> and so the, the, there would be times that they would stop and I would ha- have to pull up right next to them and be like, hey, uh, so w- w- what's the plan? W- w- what are we doing? But there would be other times where I just, I just it wasn't, it wasn't enough so, uh, space on the trail for me to get over to even ask them. And, you know, there's no <laughs> cell service out there, so it's not like I text them real quick, like, hey, what are we doing? I just have to follow. And it's, like I said, it's really not that big of a deal. It's just kind of one of those things I would like to know what's going on. Yeah. A lot of times, if depending on who's with us, we at least don't like to have the head vehicle and the rear vehicle with the radio. Mm-hmm. So that way, just if anyone stops or has issues and the head, the lead vehicles don't realize it, then you can radio in ahead and be like, oh, hey, so-and-so's having issues. Might want to turn back around real fast. Yeah. Which we have done once. Um, Garrett stalled. Um, that was funny. <laughs> but... Um, that was no, after he... That's after he went through the big old water hole and... That was funny. Got, so, I bet you he got... So I think, first off, he had a bad starter and getting out in the water just let the smoke yeah, out of it. So with, with that, it was... I think you were in front. Mm-hmm. Seth was in the very back. Seth was in the very back. It, so it was, it was Nathan, me, Garrett. I think Mitchell was riding with Garrett at the time and Seth's in the back. Yep. And I can't remember exactly why Seth, because it seemed like it took Seth forever to get started, where he was doing something. Because we we started going, and we go to one of those, uh, was it low water bridges, whatever it was called? Low water crossings? Yeah. And there was enough water on there to make a big splash. And that's what Garrett did. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> so he, you know, he got all big boyed and everything, thinking his oh, uh, vehicle was all cool and stuff. And Nathan goes through it, I go through it, and then all I notice after I go through it is Garrett is just backing up. And I'm like, <laughs> what is he doing? Oh, that wasn't even a little water crossing. That was just a big mud hole. I think it was. I'm like, what is Garrett doing? And remember, he, he has his sunroof open. 
Next thing I know, I see him. Now it's a stick shift. I see him oh, uh, backing up, stop, and just... It looks like he went from like one to four. He went so fast. And all I, all I see is a big old splash. Him about to hit the ditch at the last second. He pulls back up and everything. His whole car is just mud and everything. Which is funny is that him and Mitchell were perfectly dry. Yeah, that's the All funny, the yeah. mud and water landed behind them. And they didn't realize it until like <laughs> 10 minutes down the trail. And they started smelling was, mud. It wasn't until that night. No, it was when we pulled over for lunch. And Garrett opened yeah. his door and he's like, oh, where did all this mud come from? <laughs> it was kind of, it was pretty funny because you're just like, you know, someone who hasn't been there out there at all who has an old Toyota not trying to talk bad about toys or anything. It was old. And you're just like, you know, you've never been out of here. noises. I'm pretty sure all half the U-joints about to go out. Transmission, I think, had issues with it. Or but, had had issues with it in the past. He said something about the starter being kind of hit and miss in the past. But, oh, it was but definitely it was just hit and miss after out that. There. And then, yeah, then he blows through that water hole. We pull over for lunch. and <laughs> Couldn't start it. I take off. Trevor takes off. And then... I get a call on the radio from Seth, and he goes, hey, uh, Garrett's going to need a push. And I go, what do, you need? what do you mean he needs a push? He goes, well, I think his starter's fried. <laughs> so we turn back around, go back up to him, and I'm, what, I'm pretty sure what had happened is that he had been having issues with the starter before, and there was either a short somewhere or he got enough water up in the engine bay to get into his fuse box. And something shorted it and let the smoke the rest of the way out of the starter. And it just didn't make a noise at all. But his battery was good. So we knew, knew the car was still going to run. So we just all got behind it, started it, and then he stalled it. Yep. And then we had to push him again. we had to push him again. And then Then we, we told him, we say, hey, don't turn it off until we get to camp and park somewhere where we can easily push you when we leave. What's the bright guy do? We get to camp. Drives us up in the most inconvenient spot backwards in the back of camp and shuts it off. And Seth and I just looked at each other and we're like, I guess he just doesn't want help. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because, you know, Seth and Garrett never met before. So that was the first time they've ever no, uh, had any interaction with each other. And Garrett felt so bad because he knows very little about cars and stuff. And, and Seth's like, this dude is an idiot <laughs> and garrett garrett was over to say nervous but he just felt bad going up to set though, like every five minutes going uh wait what's this how do i do that how does this work uh are, are you sure it's just a starter are you sure it's not something else he just kind of felt bad asking all these questions See, when he when he was the one that did messed it, it up <laughs> what's really funny is that seth is one of those people that if you don't know him real well he can be very intimidating to people that he doesn't know real well. And Garrett, oddly enough, who went to the military up until at least now, I don't know, he might still be, is a very timid person. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't really like to disappoint people. Yeah. He's I a know. very uh, people pleaser. Right. And as soon as he, Seth gave him one resting face, <laughs> he uh, was like, oh no, I, mess, I made a mistake. Yeah. When it really wasn't that big a deal, that's just that serious face. And when you start asking him those kind of questions, he, he gets serious about it. But that uh, was, to me, out of all the trips I've had out there, that was definitely one of the more fun trips I've had. Oh, most definitely. And I was very happy that was my first one. Yeah, that was a good a one to start on. There. Yeah. 
Um, and especially with having one of my friends out there having been their first experience with my yeah. with me, I couldn't have asked for a better trip. Yeah, I think if Garrett's back in town, out from the military, and oh, we he's have an opportunity, he'd definitely go back yeah, out. He's with definitely us. asked me if we're ever going to do that again. I was like, oh yeah, just let me know when you have free time. Yeah, and if we can align our schedules, like we'll we'll, we'll definitely go back out there. Right, because he de- he definitely had fun out there. Now, also while we have been out there, you have had many different meals that I've cooked up. Yeah, definitely some are better I, than others. <laughs> well, the more we've been out there, the better accommodations we get to where we can make better meals. And I would say our last true trip over the summer was probably one of my best meals I've made at camp. The steaks. The steaks were Those steaks were good. Amazing. Oh, it was funny. So Other than eating it off the table. I was about to say, <laughs> we forgot the plates. And we have this old fold-out table that has all different types of color stains on it. I think it has the whole color wheel stains on it. Watch, I think it's just a bunch of paint. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, we get out there, Nathan cooks them up, and we go, all right, I know, I where ask, are the plates? I lean over to Mitchell and I go, hey, go get me the bag <laughs> out of the truck that has all the plates, utensils, and cups in it. Mm-hmm. And Mitchell goes digging through everything. Like A few minutes later, comes back, and I'm like, hey, Mitchell, you got that? That bag yet? And which is funny is we got the cleaning bag. We, yeah. we got the bag with the toilet paper, paper towels, soap, and like something else in it. But we didn't, somehow, the bag that had all the utensils, plates, and cups was still hanging on the doorknob in the kitchen at home. Yep. And so we had to get real creative. So we just got some Clorox wipes. Yeah, Clorox wipes. Cleaned right down the, the table. table off really good. And we just laid our steaks off it. Yeah. And we had some. Oh, uh, Oh, uh, paper towels. So, like, me and Zach put down our paper towels. I think Mitchell just ate it straight yeah, off Mitchell the Yeah, Mitchell and I just say, I ate it out of the pan. Yeah. and But that was some of the best steak I've cooked. It was good. And Was that the coffee steak? Did you do the coffee steak? I that? did do the coffee. Yes. Yeah, that's always good. I had it marinated and pulled it out when we got there. Mm-hmm. That was good. Now, I think the weirdest way we've cooked something out oh, there. Oh, just real quick. We made, Mitchell and I made the joke. About in last episode about how we pretty much all but put uh, IVs in us with coffee running through it. Yeah, we also use it to marinate our steak too. Try it; it's actually amazing. Make oh, uh, get yourself some steaks, put them in a big mixing bowl, brew a cup of coffee, and while you're doing that, put some butter in the pan. Put your choice of seasoning in there. Add a little bit extra salt than you would think you would need, and then once that is all melted up and you got a little bit of milk to it if you need it to thicken up a little bit more but once you got that going you got your coffee brewed pour about a cup of coffee in that or however much you need to completely cover your steaks in your mixing bowl mix that up let it get to a nice bowl together and then pour it into your mixing bowl with your steaks and let it sit the 24 to 48 hours you can either, after that, when you pull them out, you can either just fry them up on a pan. Or what I like to do a lot of times is, especially if they're really thick, I like to get my pan as hot as I can, put some mold down in it, pour a little bit of that marinade down in the pan, get it to a roiling bowl in the bottom of the pan, sear both sides of the steak. And when you flip it over, I turn the pan off. And as it cools, I'll get the oven up to about well, usually I turn the oven to broil. And obviously can't 
use the oven at camp, so you just go ahead and cook it in the pan. But then you put it in the oven for about five to ten minutes, and it is will be the juiciest, most flavorful steak you can make at home, in my opinion. They are pretty perfect, good. Per- perfectly evenly cooked rings in the middle. Oh, it's amazing. You might think I'm weird about this. I'm not a big steak eater. Like, if we go out to a fancy restaurant, I usually get the fish. I will say Nathan is maybe a big steak fan. <laughs> and I think it's because of those coffee steaks. There's just something about them that's just, mm, they're amazing. The cookbook might be pending later down the road. Of, uh, <laughs> that would be a scary Papa cookbook. Squ- Papa Squatch's cookbook. There we go. Now, back, back to the whole meal thing. I think the weirdest meal we've had out there is that I think we had some already cooked up, was it like pork chops or something like that, like cut up? We had some, so we had two pre-cooked meals that were pretty much leftovers from home. Mm-hmm. One of them was a Tupperware of mac and cheese, and another one was a Tupperware of like pork chops and rice. Yes. And the way we thought be a good idea to heat it up was... Which it worked. I mean, it didn't work. It was just weird. I would have never thought of this. Which, I mean, if you're a camper, you've probably done this a hundred times. Oh, yeah, probably. But, like, someone like me who's not big in this kind of stuff, I was like, what the heck are you doing? doing But they just, they filled the pot up with just water, got it to a boil, and just, it was was just, you know, the normal plastic containers. They took the lid off and just set the, set the container in the boiling water. I mean, it worked. I mean, it it heated it up and everything. As long as you make sure it doesn't hit the side and melt to the edges, you're... It's going to be fine. And so what we did is we heated up the pork chop and rice and snacked on it with our, as an appetizer while I did heat it up the mac and cheese and cooked up some deer steaks, cut it up, and put it in the mac and cheese. That was good, too. That was really good. Weird, but really good. Um, But, yeah, I believe that's all the questions I've got for you. Um, which... Um, I'll ask you here in a second, but the sad thing is, is we usually have, I think in the past four to five years, I have had a spring break camping trip mm-hmm. every spring break and every Christmas. With gas prices right now, we as a family cannot afford to have three, two or three vehicles plowing out through the woods right now and burning up all that gas. Especially when um, we got some other stuff to be paying for right now, just dealing with family stuff. But um, I hopefully we will have some better gas prices come the beginning of summer. And we'll all be home at that point. Mm-hmm. We might be able to plan something for the beginning of summer. Now, at that point, this show for this class will be over, but. I'm thinking about, very heavily thinking about continuing this show outside of that. I mean, it'll definitely be carrying on somewhat on the YouTube channel, but um, that will definitely get covered one way or the other. <clears throat> I mean, if, if, if just anything, if we just go out there and just hit a trail here or there. I wouldn't mind trying to at least go out there just for the day. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, nice. we did that last spring break, didn't we? We just went out there for the day. Mm, I can't remember. I can't remember if we went out just for the... If we did, we went out there for two days because I definitely remember like two specific different days we were out there over the break. Maybe. Which it might have been. I can't remember, but yeah. If we just go out there, hit a trail here and there, and head back, hey, that's all I... 
That's all I can ask for. <laughs> Heck no, me. I'll probably just drive out there for the day, sit up there on top of the mountain, just look. <laughs> yeah, that way we won't be burning as much gas. Do, yeah. <laughs> Go out there with a couple cold beers and just sit. <laughs> hey, at that point, you just got to pack a cooler. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up there. More than happy to come on to another show down the road. Um, next week, since we will be home, I think I'm going to try to get my buddy Zach. And if everything works out right, I think it'd be pretty cool if we were recording this show with a two or three or four of us actually sitting around a campfire at home talking about our trail riding and everything. Um, then that time around, we'll hopefully get Zach's perspective on a couple things and hit some other stuff if we can. And if we're feeling frisky, we might record a couple episodes. But either way, thank you all so much for watching. Thanks for sitting in with me this time, Trevor. No problem, man. Anytime. And as a reminder, you can listen to this show on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. And like I said last week, if you got to this part of the podcast, then you already know that. Either way, thank you all for watching. And this has been Episode 5, Overland Talk of the Delta. Have a good one, y'all.